So what's your story? You the poor kid that never got to go to Exeter or Andover. Despite my privileged upbringing, I'm actually quite well balanced. I have a chip on both shoulders. <laughs> Maybe you're just better with the old integers than you are with people. My first grade teacher, she told me that I was born with two helpings of brain, but only half a helping of heart. Really? <laughs> wow, she sounds lovely. But the truth is that I, I don't like people much. And they don't much like me. But why? With all your obvious wit and charm. <laughs> what is up, everybody? My name is Jake, and this is another episode of the Rotten Potatoes Podcast, a podcast where four friends sit down and review movies that uh, you absolutely should have already seen, and at least one of us hasn't. I'm here with three of my friends. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. I'm Scott. I'm Jake again. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're talking about... The Ron DeSantis life story, <laughs> also known as A Beautiful Mind. <laughs> if this is the is Ron DeSantis life story. No, I don't think he is. I mean, is he changing we don't know. economic theory? Oh, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> to be determined. Uh, I feel like it would have been funny, though, if you had just played like a clip from him in the... Like Ron DeSantis <laughs> from the Republican. debate? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jake, why A Beautiful Mind? That's uh, an interesting question. I feel like I thought that when I picked this movie, if I'm honest, uh, I John Nash came up in a couple of my classes, actually, um, just talking about some different things that he did, like um, one of the, like a game that he invented. Uh, it came up in my AI class, and then uh, when I took a calculus of several variables, which was the class that he was teaching at the beginning of the movie. He came up and a couple of times. And so I wanted to watch the movie and I remember liking it quite a bit when I watched it. And then I don't know, I feel like I could be talked up or down. I just felt kind of whatever about it when I watched it again. Uh, and I don't know if I was just in a weird mood or what it was, but I did not enjoy it as much as I remembered enjoying it. I will say with how much I know you really enjoy imitation game. Yeah. It's not like this pick makes so much sense to me for you. Yeah. And I think, I think it, I think thinking back on it, I think it is a good movie. And honestly, I think it's more fun than you would expect a movie about the life of a mathematician to be, uh, especially if you don't know anything about him. Uh, um, and you don't know that he was schizophrenic. Um, but I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think I was in a weird mood. I think I still like it a fair amount, but when I was watching it, I thought, man, I don't remember, I'm not enjoying this as so much as I thought I ever did. Fair enough. Uh, Scott, why don't you hit us with a little bit of just the facts about this movie? Yeah, this was directed by Ron Howard. It was written by Akiva Goldsman. Uh, released December 21st, 2001. Has a runtime of 135 minutes. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 74%. IMDb gave it an 82 a uh, box office of 316 million on a budget of 58 million so a 5.4 return on that one it won four academy awards for best picture best director best supporting actress for connolly and best adapted screenplay and then it was nominated for four uh, other ones for best actor for crow best film editing best makeup and best score so nine nom or eight nominations total that's crazy. Is this, this is one of the very few, if not, is this the first Ron Howard movie that we've gotten to do? I want to say it is. I, I think, think it, it might be. I think it is. Which is crazy. Yeah, because he's a, I mean, a very prolific director. It looks like maybe we had one more. Oh, no, we didn't. 
he wrote a movie? No, he didn't. There was a different Howard. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is our first Ron Howard movie. Wow, that's crazy. First Ron Howard film. I'll be honest, though. I can't think of any other Ron Howard movies that like I've seen and really enjoy. Just off the top of my head. I, like I, Apollo I 13? Oh, did he Ron do Howard Apollo did 13? Yeah. I forgot he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen it in a really <laughs> long time, and so I don't really remember how I... I, I was fair too enough. young to enjoy it. I was bored, but I was a child. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's for sure... I, I mean, I, I'm 99% positive he did Apollo 13. No, I think Maybe you're right. now I'm... He, you did. He did. Okay, it was, yeah. It was on his most known film. As soon as he's... Oh, he did so, the Solo movie. I forgot about that. He did Hillbilly Elegy, which I didn't like. He's kind of like a tear down from Spielberg, I feel like. Like, I feel like they have similar... Oh, the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I know what you mean, but he's done... He's just done... Oh, Backdraft some really like well-known films like he's yeah I, I don't mean that in like that he's bad a tear down from maybe the goat is still really good yeah that's you know? fair that, yeah, yeah. That's, it's that's just fair. like they don't they're not necessarily very edgy directors um there's like there's s tier like, and there's a tier but yeah is good exactly yeah no yeah. that's and, fair and neither one fair. of them are like super stylized or where like maybe super like recognizable. And I think that you could say that that's a good thing. They can kind of shift and kind of do different genres. Um, but their movies kind of remind me of each other. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. And I'm pretty sure that Spielberg and Howard have worked together before. I'm, I can't remember exactly when, but I know that they have. Was it on the Andy Griffith show? It could have been, but but yeah, I think I, that I think that <laughs> I think that as adults they've worked together. Was, like I think Spielberg has produced some things that Howard has directed, and I think Howard has produced some things that Spielberg directed. Was Spielberg involved at all with American Graffiti? I know that that was a George Lucas film, and Spielberg and Lucas have worked together, and, mm-hmm. and Ron Howard was in that movie. But I don't think he had anything he, to do he with didn't American. Have to I don't. Do I don't remember him having anything to do with American Graffiti. Like as a producer or anything yeah. like that. But, uh, Jake, this is an interesting movie, to be honest, for me. Uh, I had seen this movie before. Um, our late bloomers, was it just Zach? I have no idea. I was a late bloomer. Yeah, because I've seen this movie. Oh, you'd seen this. So yeah. just Scott. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'd seen this movie before. Um, and to be honest with you, I have long, I have a long history of conflating this with other movies, this movie, in my mind. Which movies do you conflate it with? Two. Uh, Well, not so much anymore, but when I was young and I had first seen this around the same time as I had seen Goodwill Hunting, whenever anyone talked about people writing on Windows, I was like, are you talking about A Beautiful Mind or Goodwill Hunting? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, And so that was one thing where I was like always putting those two things together. And then there's another movie. I think it's called a good shepherd. I've not even heard of it. That is mostly about like CIA and skull and bones, like, you know, but around the same era. And, you know, he's obviously very involved with the government at times, sort of presumably maybe, although he's schizophrenic. So obviously not. (laughs) I think he's kind Uh, of actually, but not, Nothing that we see him do. Is right. Him. Exactly. Yeah. 
and so like those two things, those two facts, like kind of put themselves together in my brain. Uh, and so I hadn't seen this movie in over 20 years. Uh, and frankly, watching it again this time, I might as well, I know that I've seen it before and I remembered scenes, but I might as well have not ever seen it before because oh. I remembered so little of it. Um, and I would say watching it this time, I liked it more than I thought I would, but less than I would have liked to have liked it. I think that, that makes sense. Based on like how prestigious it is and how yeah. many awards and stuff. How prestigious it is and just the, you know, biopics. Like biopics are so easy for me to be over the moon about and give really great reviews on. Like I love yeah. biopics. I'm with Jake in that. Like uh -huh. especially on Imitation Game. Like I will stand Imitation Game almost as much as Jake will. I um yeah, I like I especially I like biopics a lot. Maybe more. I really like them about like mathematicians, scientists, scientists. Those, yeah. I just like them. Yeah. And I get that. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll stand it with you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm on that, but this, like it just didn't quite deliver for me on this watch. And I, I'm a little bit with Jake as well in that, like I, I might be able to be talked up or down on this, but I, I just, I wasn't super thrilled with, any part of it um i so i really enjoy this movie actually um it's kind of weird to say like just because it's this movie but this is almost like an equivalent of an underwear movie for me mm. where like my f for some reason this was just very popular in my family as i was really? growing up yeah like my parents just loved it and so they showed it to us and like my brother and I liked it a lot. And so we just watched it a lot because my family would do that. We'd cycle through like sure. 20 different movies and just like, you know, every couple months rewatch the same movie. So I've seen this movie a lot when I was young. Um, and then I think I had to watch it again for like a like um, um, film class or something. No. Well, yeah. I mean, this <laughs> uh, in school for um, uh -huh. mental health for like a mental health class. Um, I think maybe I chose a different movie. What did they know. think of this movie? Sorry to sidetrack you, but the mental health class, what would they have thought of this movie? I uh, have a lot to say about that, but well, John Nash does as well, which is why I brought it up. It, it's well, I mean, we didn't like, uh, critique the depiction. It was, I think it was more so just like, Hey, schizophrenia, like that's in this movie. <laughs> I, I, honestly, like, okay. I don't think we even like talked about the movies that we watched. I think that they gave us options. It was like, you could watch this or you could watch um, the one they, where Jack Nicholson goes crazy. One flew over the cuckoo's yes. nest. Yeah. It was like, watch a movie that has to do with mental health. It was kind of like a, a throwaway assignment. Gotcha. But I, I feel like there was like a group of like five of us in my class that got together and watched this movie. Anyways, I have a little bit of nostalgia for this movie probably. I like it. I still enjoyed it. I think it's an enjoyable movie. I definitely don't think it's like a perfect film. I probably won't talk you guys up on it. If anyone were to say like, I don't like this movie, I think I'd probably understand why. But I enjoyed my time watching it. I think that might be exactly what I felt. Like, I I feel like I enjoyed the movie, but it just wasn't as good as I remembered. Like, like I, I could see like where it was like, this is like an okay movie that I'm enjoying. I don't mm, know if that makes sure. sense. Uh -huh. Where like I, I wasn't as hyped. It, I didn't enjoy it as much as I remembered. I I think I was. I think I was a little tired. But I I just think it was like, as a movie, I feel like it was okay. But I liked it. I think I was almost expecting to dislike it more than I did. Like I I, I think I went into it thinking it'd be a lot cheesier, 
just from my memory of like, well, I liked it a lot as a kid, but it's probably going to be really dated. And I feel like it maybe held up a little bit more just than I expected it to. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, I liked it. Scott. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I wouldn't say I disliked it. I wouldn't say like I loved it. Um, I thought it was good. I mean, I really like uh, Russell Crowe. So I was like excited to watch this movie. Um, I knew that it had won some Academy Awards. So I was like, oh, it's probably going to be like excellent. Um, and I felt like it was probably sub excellent. Um, so maybe it was a light year on the Academy Awards or something. I'm not sure. I thought it was good. I decided on this movie to not read ahead. Hmm. Um, and so it was interesting. Like there were that's some a, things. That's a very interesting choice for. Did yeah. You, and so part of me was thinking maybe movie. that's why I didn't enjoy it as much. Uh, but then hearing you guys also say those things, I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe. Did you know anything about John Nash as a guy aside from the movie? <clears throat> I didn't. I thought it was, um, it took a different direction than I thought it was going to for sure. Uh, but I did suspect that um, Paul Bettany wasn't real, like fairly early on. I wasn't expecting, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Ed, Ed Harris. Harris to be not oh. real. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, Paul Bettany and the girl, I both was like, oh, this, like they're showing up at weird times. Like, why is this little girl here? Hmm. Um, and then also I noticed like they were never talking to other characters. They only ever talked to the main character. Um, or even like Paul Bettany never opens a door. Like when he's with other people, at least like somebody opens a door and Paul Bettany walks out, mm. you know, like yeah. things like that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I feel like there's something like something's off about these characters to me. I wasn't quite sure what it was. And so I wasn't super caught off guard when it did get to like that. Um, but then I was like, oh, okay. Like he's like fully insane. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> there's lots of stuff happening. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. I like, I thought it was, there was parts that were like endearing. Um, I thought like his, and maybe this is more, I enjoy like the actual story of John Nash than like this movie, but sure. like, uh, like his wife's like faithfulness to him through all of it. And, um, like just the fact that he was able to like overcome this thing without like getting like medicine and that kind of stuff. Like those are like inspiring things to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would say that's like the brunt of the heart of this movie for me are some of those types of things, which make me like, sure. Like still feel positively about it, but I wouldn't say that like there was, this was like an extra moving time. Sure. Would you like to hear something that I read that I thought was nuts about John Nash hmm. and his wife? They were like, I guess in the movie, they're still together. But for the events of this film, almost entirely, they're divorced huh. and living in real life. They divorced. He lived with her for like 30 years and then they remarried in the early 2000s. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Interesting. So like when he won his Nobel Prize, all that they uh -huh. were divorced and living together. Like she was like helping take oh, care weird. of him, huh. but they were not married anymore. Yeah, that you know, is, that's very interesting. That's one of the things about this movie that I wasn't expecting watching it again. And, and maybe, to be honest, when I saw this circa 2001, probably 2002 or three, um, I was probably too young to really like fully put this together. <clears throat> but it was one of the hard things watching it this time uh, was just how difficult it is to live with not, I mean, I've never lived with someone with schizophrenia, but have someone in your life who is schizophrenic. It's very challenging and difficult. 
And I'm not at all shocked to hear that they divorced, but that she remained his caretaker. That's not surprising to me at all. I uh, had a similar thought, it, almost like the reverse of that is I, the thought that I had being a new parent was like how incredibly difficult it must be to try to raise a child. Oh with, yeah. With a, an, a completely unavailable husband who cannot help. I mean, oh, just yeah. being a single mm-hmm. mother would be extremely difficult. And then now you're having to take care of your schizophrenic husband. He's like, Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Burped into the mic. Uh, he's like either unavailable and drugged up and can't do anything or not taking his drugs. Yeah. And a danger. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. He's frankly a danger. Uh, my, my stepdad's uncle, or I'm sorry, my stepdad's brother, my uncle, uh, uncle Mark, uh, he, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> Mark is my stepdad. Is that you? They my have stepdad, two Marks? <laughs> no, my stepdad's brother, uh, was schizophrenic and it was, it was really like challenging. I mean, you know, I, I sort of grew up like around him, but not with him because he was too dangerous most of the time to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, we would hear stories uh, about Matt, like, you know, driving around San Bernardino with like 40 guns in his trunk because he thought he was an FBI agent and he was like patrolling the streets. And it's like, that's super dangerous to put children around <laughs> like that. Yeah that mentality. Like there was one time we were sitting in the car the whole time. My brother and I were sitting in the car the whole time, but we got a call that he like from Mark's mother, elderly mother. And she was crying, screaming, he's beating us. He's beating us. And we like raced over to Mark's parents' house and his brother is sitting on the couch when my mom and Mark walk in and their mother you know, Mark and and my uncle's mother is, is laid out on the floor and their father who's, you know, a a double amputee is laid out on the floor, totally out conscious. And he just stands up and he says, well, Hey Mark, you want a cup of coffee? And like steps over his father into the kitchen to get a cup of coffee. And like they called the cops and me and my brother in the car, just sitting in the car and they call the cops and the cops come in and ask him how old he is. And he says, I'm 18 years old. And they say, well, when were you born? He says, I was born in 1943. And it's like that, like that is like, that's schizophrenia. Uh And that was hard for me to watch in this movie, to be honest with you. But all that to say, Zach, I agree with you so completely. How impossible would it be to be a single mother and to put your child around this person? Yeah. That is frankly dangerous. Like, you know, like he's outside of his mind. That's I was trying to figure out with the real John Nash, how much of this was real. And I had a hard time figuring that out, but he like apparently never experienced any visual hallucinations mm. in his life. Interesting. He experienced auditory hallucinations and, and things like that. Delusions. And, yeah. And, and delusions yeah. and paranoia, but apparently never actually experienced visual, visual hallucinations. So I can't tell how accurate the movie is because I couldn't find other information besides that. I would say from what little I know about schizophrenia, the, in the movie, the use of visual hallucinations is more like, a way to explain because it would his have, perspective. It would have been a weird and really unsettling movie to right. just hear voices. Right. Like that would have been Yeah. Yeah. Kind of scary. A horror movie. It yeah. felt yeah. it felt very cinematic. 
Yeah. And I, I don't know. Um, I feel like I should know since I took a mental health class, but I remember very little about that class. Um, and, and I, if I had had more time, I actually really wanted to look into this. Maybe Tyler, you would know, um, with schizophrenics, uh, and their maybe, um, auditory hallucinations or their like visual hallucinations, would they ever be positive reinforcement? That was the thing that I thought was really interesting about this movie they could be yeah is that paul bettany's character was always looking out for his interest and i feel like more so you think about the opposite how the the voices are really negative and they're really or even like he this like i don't know social outcast guy creates this scenario in his head where he's the hero you know he walks into the pentagon Mm -hmm. not really and then sees the numbers and breaks the code or whatever like it 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 is it like it's an interesting thought like because that's not like a scary hallucination like he's he's living his dream yeah but there's also times where like Paul Bettany is just just being a friend just yeah. being like a good friend to him you uh-huh. know I I think that the reason maybe for what you're describing Zach is that most of the time the only time that it like reaches the point of like public awareness is when it is detrimental okay. So, like, it happens a lot more than we know about. We just don't really ever hear or look into or spend a lot of time hearing or caring about schizophrenics' positive ideations. Hmm. We really only pay attention to their negative ideations because sure. it... That's when it affects us. It's when it affects everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it, it's it's not uncommon. And it's also not uncommon. So, m- Matt, my stepdad's brother, uh got an advanced degree. I can't remember if it was a graduate degree or a post-grad degree from UCLA in clinical psychology when he was at his craziest. Interesting. Like he, at the time, thought that he was, that he had been living in Vietnam for 20 years and he had never been. Like he, he really, like he was so crazy. He was so out of his mind, but he was very brilliant. And so like brilliance and schizophrenia isn't uncommon for them to like be present together that like you have a really, really, really brilliant person that like for whatever reason, they're also completely crazy. It's a wild, it's a wild existence. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And I did love Scott to your point. I really liked how Jennifer Connelly, like I liked her in this movie. I don't always like her. We've seen her before. What did we see her in most recently? Oh, Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond. Oh, yeah. We did not like her. We didn't like her in Blood Diamond. I liked her quite a bit in this, and I felt like she portrayed someone who really cared for him very well. Yeah, I liked her a lot. Um, It was funny. I was rewatching the movie, and I was watching it with my girlfriend, and I hadn't seen it in a while, and the way she interacted with him, I was like, is she hallucination too? Because when she's like, I'm going to ask you out for dinner. I was like, what sane, attractive young college girl is asking out this guy? Uh, that was one of the things that, that was one of the weak spots of this movie for me is, um, and not specifically just to Jennifer Connelly. I think that some of the dialogue across the board was, uh, not great. Um, and so there were scenes that I almost, I felt like Jennifer Connelly maybe wasn't great, but I, I thought it was more an issue with the script. I, for the most part, agree with you guys. I think Jennifer Connelly was good in this movie and I enjoyed her performance. She's great. And I, I like 
Paul Bettany. I don't know how you guys feel about him, but I, I feel like he's oh, charismatic. I, I like, like, I enjoy watching him in anything I see him. He's there. MCU, so I can't talk bad. Is that you it's true? Talk, you're not going to be able to talk bad about any actor soon enough. I know. It's going to be hard. Yeah. But I, I've loved Paul Bettany since Knight's Tale. Knight's Tale is oh, yeah. my favorite Paul Bettany role. Oh, he really. I want to say he's my favorite character in the movie. He it's, is my favorite character. It's tough in the to movie. say because I feel yeah. like they're all great. Yeah, they but are all great. Love him. But man, Paul have Bettany we, as Jeffrey Chaucer is S tier. Yeah. Have we all seen that movie? Yeah. You've seen it, yeah. Scott? Okay. That was, uh, we had, when I was young, we had like a, a portable DVD player that like strapped to the headrest of cars. And on move on road trips, for some reason, every time I watched Shrek in a Night's Tale. That's, <laughs> it's really weird because that was, uh, that may have been the first time I watched a Night's Tale was in a car. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I just watched it. Not I watched it this year, and it was also my first exposure to Paul Bettany. It's been a it's been a couple of years, but only a couple since the last time I watched Night's Tale. It's I I mean I watch it every few years. It's It's a really fun watch. So good. I think I've a. It's probably been fifteen years for me since I've seen it. You didn't watch it with us when we watched it at camp. Mm -mm. I think you went to go hang out with Carla. Is either hang out with Carla or sleep. I think he was Scott's hanging out over with Carla, here, yeah. courting his wife. Yeah. Like a loser. Like a loser. At that loser. point, she was just my fiance. But yeah, yeah, but you're, you're courting. <laughs> courting your now wife. Yeah. At the time. Yep. Because she had a hard time. Yeah, that was a rough summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I'm like, okay, we got time to kill. I'm watching a movie, and you're like, I need to go be with Carla, or she's going to disown yeah. me. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> I do. I do have something I promised I would bring or leave. Up. I, I don't uh-huh. know what. Yeah. Uh, tangentially related to this movie, but I do know somebody who met John Nash. My, one of my really? girlfriend's friends grew up near Princeton hmm. and he, she saw him around town and she met him. She said he was a nice guy. Did uh, she mention that uh, he like told her like to watch out for all the people that were spying on her? No, or she just said she'd seen him around town. <laughs> but was he looking over his shoulder furtively? She didn't say any of that. Was he sneaking into abandoned houses to drop off packages? It'd be pretty cool if she just followed him doing that and then didn't say anything. Because, you know, I don't know. She's my age, so that was probably in the 2000s. <laughs> Did she say he had Ron DeSantis vibes? She didn't mention that. No. But I've never talked about Ron DeSantis with her. Mm. So maybe she thinks that. I want to <laughs> unpack that. I want to talk about the Ron DeSantis vibes you were picking up. Uh well, I mean, I think that he just kind of looked like Ron DeSantis in this movie. I can kind of see that. <laughs> like he has like the comb over, like slicked back brown hair. Yeah. I feel like that's such a diss to Russell Crowe. <laughs> I know. That is really I mean, mean, I don't think Ron DeSantis is an ugly man. Mm, he's he, not he looks. I will say he, what? Russell Crowe might be an ugly man now. If, <laughs> hey, did you guys, I saw this one post of like, I forget who it was talking about Russell Crowe and they were like showing an image of him and then an image of him in Gladiator versus now. It's like, you didn't need to do that to him. That's mean. Yeah. yeah like, that's just mean. let him Gladiator live Gladiator versus Zeus. Yeah. You know what? If you don't love uh, Russell Crowe at Zeus, you don't deserve him at Maximus. Uh-oh. Yeah. I think I liked him more as Zeus. I really? do too. I, I mean, well, no, not more. I love Maximus. Like Gladiator is. I've only seen Gladiator once and I didn't care for it. Yeah, Gladiator Gladiator's wow. a, a top five for me. Zach, do you want to do an episode like with me with Jurassic Park for our bonus content where I get yelled at for not liking Jurassic Park? Do you want to do that with Gladiator? Uh, well, then I'd have to rewatch Gladiator. I don't really want to do that. 
I started rewatching Jurassic Park. Did you really? Yeah. Pretty bored. Do it because <laughs> that's insane. Do it for so uh, our, our our Patreon uh, followers. That's, that's what, what we're talking, talking about. Yeah, it sounds like Jake and I are really like uh, we're we're doing the heavy lifting. With this I know. Patreon. Well, it's just because Zach, you keep saying yes. Jake keeps throwing out ideas. Scott and I keep saying no to them, and then you say yes. I haven't said yes to where I have to rewatch Gladiator yet. I'll probably say no. To you can I would try say, to defend that opinion without rewatching Gladiator, but it'll be harder. That's true. I would say. Part of it is because I do a lot of the heavy lifting on the other technical side of the pod. Okay. What do, what do I do the heavy lifting on? All the actual episodes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you you carry our episodes. Making sure we have, like, con- Yeah, because the three of us would sit in silence for fun. <laughs> well, Jake wouldn't. He doesn't know how to sit in silence. I think that I that's a little silence. unfair. I think that if we didn't have Tyler, one of us would... Tr- at least attempt to step up. Somebody would have to fill. Sure, the but Tyler I like not role. having. And I, to. I think that Tyler is the best at this, at yeah. essentially playing the host role. Yeah. But I don't think that that means that nothing, like neither of us, would be able to do it. Essentially, I no, don't say you I wouldn't just, be able to do and it. And that's not no, what he was saying. I was asking, what weight am I carrying? Yeah, yeah. No, no yeah, he yeah. was answering. I think what you definitely sure. provide structure to the episodes. And right. if you were not providing structure to the episodes, it would be a bit of a mess. It's that and I were a little bit all over the place in Barbie. Yeah, but it's a Patreon episode. Yeah. No, it's, I'm just saying. Yeah, forget yeah. our patrons. I I like them. <laughs> <laughs> Jake is working extra hard. By the way, I don't know if our patrons know this, but all their names are listed on all of our episodes now, and it says thanks for supporting us. And it oh, oh, really? That's yeah. cool. I like that we do that. Yeah. Way to go, Scott. It's a built-in feature. I didn't really do it. I know, but way to go for turning it on. Uh... I do want to go back to something you said earlier, Scott. Like maybe this was a weak year for the Academy. Uh-huh. It was not. Oh, okay. Uh, so other movies that came out this year that were in the running for these awards that, uh-huh. you know, uh, we have Black Hawk Down. Uh, we have Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. We have Moulin Rouge. Uh, we have, uh, well, I Am Sam and Muhammad Ali. They they probably weren't as big as, you know, some of these others training day. Uh, I hated Gosford park, but it got a lot of love in the Academy memento. So this was a pretty big monsters ball, Royal tendon bombs. Uh, there were a lot of movies that came out this year. Monsters Inc came out this year. Like there was a lot of good films that came out. I think I've seen five of those. And three of them were for the pod. I was going to say, we've done at least three of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, Memento, Tenenbaums, which other one? Oh, Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, you've seen so- Fellowship. Sorcerer's Stone I've came out Fellowship. the same year as Fellowship? Pearl Harbor. I don't know why I've I thought Pearl Harry Harbor. Potter came out much later than... Do How do you feel crazy? that this uh, beat all those other movies? Like uh, this one, Best Picture? It, no, it, oh. it won four different... Yeah, one like no, Best it, Supporting it Actress. It did win Best Picture. Oh. Yeah, this yeah. was the Best Picture. Wow. I don't up think a, I agree with that. Oh, yeah. Up against up against uh it for best picture for this year uh was Gosford Park, which I hated. Never seen it. In the bedroom, which I thought was good but not great. Not seen it. Fellowship of the Ring and Moulin Rouge, which I, I thought is fantastic. Either. Wow. I've thought about doing Moulin Rouge for the pod, but I wasn't sh- I thought maybe I put it, would it just on get- like Two or three times. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I was worried it. that it would just get destroyed. I know zero about it. 
Okay. I, I know there's music, Lerman. right? There's music in that one? Yes. Have you seen Great Gatsby? Uh, I have seen Gatsby. Leo. Yep. So that same like type of style where it's like injecting modern music into like a period time. Uh-huh. That's also I, like, that's just kind of like one of Boz's like. I will say, I don't know if this makes it qualify or not. I only saw Great Gatsby for the first time like four months ago. Really? So if you guys wanted to do it, I guess you could. I would not. I wouldn't want to either, honestly. I might. I I liked it. It's not my favorite Boz Lerman movie, but I think that we've got, we've done one Boz movie, right? I don't think so. I'm not okay. Sure. I thought that we had, but maybe we haven't. I can't think of what it'd be. All right. But we've got to do Boz Lerman at some point. I mean, he's a... Uh, we have not done enough musicals. I think maybe that's true. Well, Moulin Rouge has, is an actual musical. And it has Obi-Wan, right? Yes. Ooh, love you yes, it does have yeah. Ewan McGregor. I know one of the songs for Moulin Rouge. Okay. Yeah, but that's my only context in Moulin Rouge. I okay. mean, it's a it's a famous musical, and the movie is is very well. Yeah. Well, liked. I liked it. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I liked. I remember liking it. But anyway, that was also up this year. Yeah, I'm not surprised this one best picture, but I don't think it should have. Fellowship. Oh, fellowship supremacy. But they were waiting to give it to return. Why couldn't they just give it to all three? Because the the Oscars are the Academy's weird. They don't like to do that. It, it frustrates me. Huh? Yeah. Like a lot of people were like, "Well, Dune didn't win because they'll give it to Dune too." Like, right? I don't know. I don't know why they do it. That's really weird. I guess because it wouldn't like it'd be boring if like Lord of the Rings just won three years in a row. Not for me. Uh, no, not for me either. Yeah. But like for the dumb people that don't like Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> the little plebs. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I actually wasn't a huge fan of Dune, but Dunk? Dunk, yeah. Uh that's you what wanna, we called it. We talk about Dune? D-U-N-C. We haven't talked about uh Beautiful Mind. I was about time. to I was about to bring it back. <laughs> I'm kinda uh, over Beautiful Mind. Can I already? <laughs> can I say that I was pretty over Ready Player One twenty minutes in. Yeah. I was fine with us going down I weird was, rabbit trails. I was so surprised when we were over an hour in that episode. I was like <laughs> I was toast on this movie at 20 minutes <laughs> toast. I have, I have but we talked about other things yeah that's one true. other thing or not just one other thing but one thing i've been thinking about since i watched that movie is anybody more built different than john nash john nash just said i have schizophrenia no i don't and he just got over it no that's i mean <laughs> it's it is a truly insane level of willpower for a schizophrenic to recognize their delusions on their own and just say like, yeah, okay. Like that's a delusion. I'm not paying attention to that. That's an insane amount of willpower. Yeah. Like that, that guy is, yeah, just built different. I can't imagine, uh, anybody doing that. I'm just shocked that that really happened. What about the imagine, guy? It, it's sort of like this. Imagine someone told you, that you do not work for the massive tech company that you actually work for. Yeah. That you are actually, uh, you clear printers. Yeah. At Kinko's. Yeah. That that's your real life. And then you just have to like ignore everything that feels so real to you to say like, that's, it can't be true because I work at Kinko's. Yeah. Insane. That's, That's really insane. weird because Kinko's doesn't even exist anymore. 
Does Kinko's not exist anymore? <laughs> it got bought out by like FedEx, and now it's got like a FedEx name. I but. still say tinfoil. Yeah. That was... Uh, I have never even had tinfoil in my life. Yeah, no. I don't think most of us have. <laughs> I'm just saying, like me saying Kinko's, uh-huh. like it's just... Yeah, I'm... I. I am a, I am for sure. Random office store. I am for sure guilty of like super old references. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I think one of my favorite moments of the movie is when Jennifer Connelly is getting ready to leave. And then he like a madman runs out and he just says, she doesn't age. And then he's like, figured it out. He's just like, I figured out how I can beat all of the delusions I have. Yeah. I really liked that part. I liked it an awful lot actually. I liked it a lot. Because it just showed like, that's like, I'm not saying I could do it, but that just showed like that. That's just a thing. Like, like he, he's just figuring out things to figure out what is and isn't real. He applied, he applied the scientific method to his psychosis. Yeah. Which is bonkers that it worked. It shouldn't work. Yeah. Right. Like, and that, I think that was one of the issues John Nash had with the movie. He was like, I don't think that I, I feel like it's glorifying me doing this. And I don't think that I should have done this. And I don't think anybody should do this. Apparently huh. it was his big critique of the movie. It was uh, like, I, I don't think that it's good. I don't think we should glorify me not taking my medica- medication as mm-hmm. a schizophrenic. I think that people with schizophrenia should take their medication. And is that's what happened though in real life? In real life, he stopped taking his medication. He didn't take medication. Like even more than is depicted in the movie because like in the end, he's like, oh, I'm taking the new medications. Uh-huh. He didn't do that. Wow. For the rest of his life until he died in a car crash yeah, yeah. in like 2015, he just stopped taking the medicine. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Speaking of Nash being built different, um, I want to know his fitness regimen. And, like, when did he have the time to get so jacked? Like, yeah, he looks so much like Russell Crowe. He was stupid thick. It was dummy thick. It yeah. was uh, it was all of the uh, fights in a sand pit in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> that he uh, yeah, hallucinated. He? He hallucinated. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's when, lifting big desks by himself too. Like. That's true. Oh, yeah, this, was, <laughs> this was a year after gladiator. When yeah. Nash walked in to his classroom in just a white t-shirt, I was like, I get why Jennifer Connelly fell in love with him. Yeah. His arms were, were massive. You yeah. were falling in love with yeah. him. Yeah. His arms were <laughs> bigger than, maybe bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger's in a predator. Oh yeah. No. Like, yeah, he, it was so soon that he just couldn't do enough to lose, lose the muscle and lose the weight. Yeah. Dude looked built. Yeah. But I, I have a question and I think this might give us uh, another little rabbit hole in movies like this, which I know are not real. How? So like Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Chaucer, Paul Bettany. Yeah. He said like he interacts with some physical things only when Russell Crowe is alone. Like he turns off the music. Right. What's really happening there? Is, is Russell Crowe turning off the music and he doesn't realize that he's in a completely different section of the room? Is the music still playing and he's so psychotic that he's completely blocked out the music? What is happening there in these I think movies? it's up to your interpretation. I, w- I would say from my lens, if you can't tell, it doesn't matter. I've just always, I, I always have that thought and because I feel like this happens in movies where you like, you find out that somebody wasn't real or whatever. And I always, I, there's specific scenes where I'm like, well, I wonder what that really looked like. And I like that in fight club, they show us that right. Where they show him punching himself yeah, right. and doing those things yeah. because it just satisfied my curiosity. Oh, totally. I think fight club does this better. I think this honestly did this better than a lot of other things I've seen. Something recently, if you, uh, care about tots that are listening if you care about and mostly i'm talking to you dan uh the ragnarok tv series on netflix skip ahead 30 seconds 
but I just watched the final season of that on Netflix. It's a Scandinavian show that okay. I've been super into for a couple of years. Sounds kind of cool. I I love it, except at the very end, in the like last three minutes, they're like, "JK, none of this happened." That's the cheapest thing to do, and I, I hate it. Where it's like, oh well, I I feel like it's always like I've painted myself into a corner. I don't know how to get out. And this wasn't that really. That there was there was no reason for it to be this, but it turns out the main character is hallucinating all of this. Hate it. And I was like, I sacrificed. Do you know what I love about this? So much attention to this. Is you said that right after the 30 second skip. <laughs> so Dan's going to skip 30 seconds and it's going to be, and the main character just hallucinated everything. Do you know what? If Dan didn't want those spoilers, he shouldn't have died. Uh, he shouldn't have died. Uh, Dan is watching the show now, so I hope you enjoy it, Dan. Uh, I, I certainly did until the very end. Um, but I love in this movie how they handle that reveal because I feel like this movie actually does this better than so many have in the past where I didn't feel like finding out that he was crazy because I didn't remember that. And so watching it this time, I was like, oh my gosh, he's crazy. It didn't feel like a letdown. I love that it happened in the middle of the movie. Yeah, I agree. That, and I think, I think that's probably why it didn't feel like a letdown because there's, you have to you're dealing with the fallout of that. And uh, that's the rest of the movie. And I think that's why it doesn't feel like a letdown. It's the more human and compelling part. Yeah, where you're like, oh, this isn't the movie I thought it was. We're dealing with his disease and not his like, incredible spy story. We're yeah. dealing with the the disease that he has. I was thinking about that. I think that's unique. Like, I think the only other movie I feel like I've seen that done where you get the big reveal in the middle of the movie is uh, Vertigo. Not Vertigo. Vertigo. Yeah. 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 Vertigo. Uh, where you know you get the twist in the middle of the movie, and then you're dealing with the implications of the twist for the rest of the movie, uh, and I like that. I I wish that I would see that more because I feel like you so many times you get a twist, and then the movie's over, and then you don't you don't kind of deal with the implications of all of that. You don't have the catharsis of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you completely. Um, and I think that that helped rewatching it this time that I already had that knowledge because I remember thinking like if I didn't know any better and thought this really was just a spy movie I would think this is a bad spy movie like I thought all the aspects of him like thinking that he was being followed by the Soviets and whatnot was pretty cheesy it was so unbelievable that it that's had the scene where I was like what actually happened because there's mm, like bullet holes yeah, and like sure <laughs> yeah yeah and I remember wondering if maybe Ron Howard filmed this to intentionally feel that way uh because I guess if your if your idea of what it would be like to be in like a spy movie, like it would probably feel very cinematic if you've never really been in that kind of situation. Not to say that I can even begin to think of how a schizophrenic may be thinking, but that's just kind of what made sense to me. I think, th yeah, I think that makes sense. And that's what I gave it when I was watching it. I was like, this is cheesy. Uh, but then I was like, oh, well, it's all in his head. And yeah. if it was in his head, it would have to be cheesy. Like it would have to be unrealistic uh, mm. because he doesn't know what it's like to be a spy. He's pulling this from movies. Exactly. Or I guess not yeah. movies because it's the forties. He's pulling this from whatever pop culture radio and it is. Yeah. Uh, books where like it, it, it's gotta be like that. So like in making it feel so unrealistic, it was the most realistic way I think to portray. Yeah. I remember like thinking 
this could possibly be like a really interesting like directorial um, uh, decision. I think it's a I think it's a good decision. I, I so that was one of the things about the movie that worked for me. So John Nash lived to like 2015. You said I think it, it was like the 2010s. Yeah, it was like 2015. Yeah. Wow. And he he didn't even die of old age. He died in a car crash. Right. But he was old. Yeah. 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 He was obviously very. He's old. like end of life, but yeah, uh-huh. he might have lived a few more years. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow, that's crazy. The Russians finally got him. How? <laughs> yeah, right. This, this was a, 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 a Hobbs sting car uh, crash. Yes. Like against yes. Han. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, Shaw. And so he called uh, Alicia Nash, Jennifer Connelly. Oh, but she died too. Oh, yeah. in, the in, the car car crash. Died in the car crash. Yeah. Uh, so they called uh, imaginary character played by Paul Bettany oh, okay. to, uh, to like let, let him know like, Hey, I just killed him. <laughs> they actually called Vin Diesel to come in and investigate <laughs> to see what happened because they weren't sure. But but they called him in. They paid him as Dom Toretto. Yeah, because <laughs> he Dom, Vin Diesel is not has no superhuman abilities, but Dom Toretto does. But and he he's a a method actor, and so he really gets into character and somehow right. develops that actual superpower. That ability. He uses, he uses yeah. the Apple HoloLens or whatever it's called. So Vin doesn't have that ability outside of When he's playing. method acting. Yep. He doesn't have it outside of that one scene. We, I don't <laughs> think we ever see that again, do we? I hope we do. I hope I, so, too. I bet we do. Yeah? I bet we do. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but we saw yeah. the recreation of it in the last movie. That's true. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, anything, Jake, you mentioned something that didn't really particularly work for you, but like Scott, Zach, anything in particular that really doesn't work for you guys? Uh, it just felt kind of vanilla. Yeah, that's my main nit. Like, I think it had, it like... It's almost like someone was like, okay, let's write a really dramatic story, um, but let's like just do the bare minimum or not the bare minimum. Let's do the, an average like approach to all these things. To selling it. Yeah. I, I don't uh, Yeah. I, I think I can see that part of me is just like, I like, I like smart guys doing smart guy brain stuff. So like, I really, I was thinking about scenes that, you know, you guys didn't work for me, but I was thinking about a scene that did work for me. And I like I love that scene where he comes up with his, um. I forget what it's called now. Game the, theory. I mean, he hasn't come up with game theory. But, well, but that's what he's famous yeah, for. Uh, he that 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 theorem or not theorem that theory that he came up with the Nash whatever. Uh, I loved that scene. I thought it was a really fun way where he's like, "How can I apply my math so that we can all pick up a girl and figure this out?" Uh, and I thought it was just a really funny way. I don't know if that's how he really did it. But I thought it was like kind of a funny way to show him doing doing smart guy stuff. I like that scene. That's what he's known for, though, right? Is his work in game theory? Yes. Yeah. I just I don't think he invented he the field. Uh, I, no, I not the field, but like yeah. that's his that's his research is in that field. Yeah. So that's why he came up in one of my classes. Was in my AI class. We were talking about some. We did a little bit of game theory math. We were talking mm-hmm. about some games that he invented and stuff like that. But that I think is what he is most famous for. Right, right. What, what, is that what he got his uh, Nobel Prize for? 
or was that something I think else? that is what he got his Nobel Prize yeah. for, which is much, much later. Uh-huh. But it had something to do, the application was in the, economics. Was in economics. The uh-huh. reason why he got the Nobel Prize was because it had massive implications on global economic uh-huh. and, and I think models. it had a bunch of other things. It had, it had implications on a bunch of things where like they have that scene, which I also thought was very fun, where he was so stoked to hear that people were using it. And he's like, and they're using it in this way. So, wow. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. And I like that scene too. I Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be, I was being a little reductionist. With what? Uh, saying that it was like his, the what led to his Nobel Prize was his impact on economics. It was much more far ranging than that. But like the the thing that like he's, you know, lauded over it's was his impact theory. on on economics, oh, his economics how, how his From research his game in game theory, how his research in game theory impacted economics because he took mm-hmm. something that shouldn't have applied to economic theory and he applied it beautifully. Um, really crazy smart dude. Yeah, I, I think I, I did a little bit of game theory, number theory in college and that was my favorite stuff, honestly. So I maybe that's another reason I like it. I just like that he's he's getting a movie and this is what he did and I like it. I really liked seeing an under um, an undercast actor is Adam Goldberg, who plays his uh, like research friend partner. Yeah, in so this. that's uh, Saving he, Private Ryan. Yeah, he's in Saving Private Ryan. In friends. Saving Private Ryan, yeah, I do like him. Uh, he is a really good actor, but he is super undercast. Like he just does not get enough roles. He yeah, really I, doesn't. I think he's great. When he puts that goldfish in the tank in Friends, and he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Chandler's crazy roommate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's great, obviously in Saving Private Ryan, but he's also awesome. Like I, I really like him in uh, Once Upon a, or uh, yeah, Once Upon a Time in Venice, crappy movie. Um, but I really liked him in Deja Vu. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, it was decent Denzel. I like Deja Vu entry. a lot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's he's super undercast, and I really like him. And I thought he did a great job in this film. I wish that I could see more of him. I like him a lot, too. Apparently, he's in Zodiac. Yeah, he was Duffy Jennings. I don't remember him in, in Zodiac. Anyways, I, I, I like him when I see him. He's a great, like, that guy. Um, and I really like Josh Lucas, and I enjoyed him in this as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Sorry, who's Josh Lucas? The bully. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. The, like, most polite... And pleasant bully yes, of all time. Well, and it turns out he's not a bully. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Like, yeah, and but that was an interesting reveal where it was like he's a bully the whole time, and then at the end he's like, "We were always friends. We were always friends." Yeah, and it was like, oh, like coming off of like learning about his psychosis and then hearing that, you're like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" Like I have to rethink all of these interactions now. I think they had like a. A frenemies sort of relationship, like they, a bit they of were, an antagonistic yeah, friendship, be, especially because they were like rivals. S- they were academic rivals, and I think that they they were the he split that grant with John Nash. Is that that mm-hmm. was his character? They like split, and I think he like at the beginning at least. I think he genuinely did resent him for that. But I don't. I always thought um, when I was watching it, I was like, why are these why are these guys that he thinks are so mean to him like trying to get him with a girl? And right. then I was like, oh, well, okay, they're just actually friends and he doesn't get it. Yeah. yeah. And I thought they delivered that really well. Like, honestly, up until, because again, I forgot 
everything about this movie up until the reveal. I was confused by a lot of things that were happening, but I didn't know why. And then when they revealed that he was schizophrenic, I was like, Oh my God, this all makes so much more sense. Uh Uh, But I felt like they did a great job of like hiding, like burying the lead a little bit that he was schizophrenic and like portraying something that is compelling to a certain degree, but confusing. Yeah. And then they deliver the answer and it's like, Oh my God, it's the key that unlocks the lock that I didn't know was there. And I feel like they almost like, I don't know, like after, even after they reveal it, they have, you have this moment where he gets reconvinced and he has his relapse. Right. And it's almost like, for a second, like maybe you don't know what's going on. For a second, you might believe it. Oh, yeah, like, totally. Do you really think that they would have me listed? Like totally. whatever it is that he says. And you're like, oh, what? So I, I feel like they even did a good job at almost reeling you back in. Like, I guess it's hard to say because I knew going into it that it was all fake. But if I didn't know, I don't know that I wouldn't have been reeled back in by that. Yeah. I mean, I was. I, 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 it, I bid on it. You know, or nibbled on it, I guess, if I'm a fish. Uh Like, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he's not. Maybe he's not schizophrenic. Maybe he's not crazy. Maybe this is real. And then it's like, oh, yeah, no, okay, no, he's crazy. (laughs) They even kind of present the doctor in such a way where he's like, I'm trying to ask him about his work. And then he's like, right, maybe he is a Russian spy. Right. You know? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Cool. Well, what do you guys say? Do you want to put this one to bed? Yeah, let's let's do do it. it. Uh, Jake, this is your movies here first. All right. I'm going to give this, I think I did get talked up on it actually a little bit. I'm going to give this a 7.6. Uh, oh shoot. I'm going to give this a 7.6 desks thrown out a window. I'm going to give this, uh, seven schizophrenic gladiators. <laughs> Zach. I'm going to give this movie a 7.7 buff John Nash's. Tyler, <laughs> I'm gonna give this uh, seven point one friends. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm re I'm re like considering the movie Gladiator and like if at the end of that movie he was schizophrenic. <laughs> <laughs> now that you said that, <laughs> that would have been funny. Maybe like, none maybe of that it all happened. happened in his yeah. mind. He was just uh, one of the actual slaves. Yeah, and he thought he he was like, not a general. That was that, what that was what happened when I got to the end of this show. I think that's what Gladiator <laughs> yeah. 2 is going to be about. Wait, I, there's actually a... Oh, that might have been the reboots that I would end my life over. <laughs> that might have been yeah, the... Well, they're doing Gladiator 2, but they're bringing back Russell Crowe today to play... Like, yeah, I don't want that. Right after. Yeah, I want to... Really? No, they're no. not. Oh. No, they're not doing that. I was like, God, I don't want another. awful. I'm actually kind of excited for Gladiator 2. It's a cool... It's a good Wait, cast. really? This yeah. is a real thing. Yeah, it's real. Ridley Scott's coming back. Pedro Pascal... Uh, Denzel Washington, uh, Paul Mescal. Wow. Don't remember who else, but I think a couple other like big names. Yeah. yeah I just don't want it. I wish that I, 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 you know, I want tell, this more than gladiator one. Tell, tell another story about a gladiator. Why do we have to tie it to the other movie? Cause it'll make more money. Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, know. I learned yesterday, like someone told me like, Oh, this is a thing. Or, and I was like, what? And he was like, you didn't hear about this? Like, I think it's a thing. And I was like, I feel like I would have heard about it and I Googled it and it's a thing that they're rebooting Lord of the Rings. What? 
Like in what way? Because I know they're, they're remaking the so, fel- the the Lord of the Rings book as movies. Oh, they're also remaking Mean Girls. Because like I, I heard that they were doing like a Lord of the Rings Ride of the Rohirrim cartoon, and I thought I don't know that I'll watch that, but that I don't hate that. Uh, I've I've I think talked about on this podcast that I'm not the biggest fan of the Peter Jackson interpretation. I like I think they're very good movies. I sure. don't think they need to be remade. I definitely don't want to see it as a movie. They're remaking a show. They're remaking Lord of the Rings as IP as a movie. Is this one of those like we're gonna lose the rights if we don't to Amazon if no, we don't make another they, movie? No, it's it's the people who Amazon partnered with that purchased the rights. I thought Amazon bought everything but the in the third age but the events of the Lord of the Rings. Yes. And the people that that, that they're partnering with uh-huh. bought the rights to Lord of the Rings. Hmm. That kind of, that's, that sucks. I don't think I'm going to be as upset about it as some people because like when I watch the Lord of the Rings, I think, man, I wish I was reading the Lord of the Rings a lot of the times, but I still like watching. I have a very complicated relationship with those movies, uh, but that sucks. I'm not happy. Know, I'm not, I, I'm upset about it. I'm I, not going to kill myself though. I was super disappointed. I you, like it. you would kill yourself over the Wonka remake, but not remaking Lord of the Rings. It, it, I've told you this sec. If they were to like be like, I'm going to rewrite the Lord of the Rings and release another book, I would actually kill myself. <laughs> I would do that. Uh, but do I think... What if they had J.K. Rowling rewrite Lord of the Rings? I don't think that J.K. Rowling is a very good author. Did you say uh, that as in like maybe Jake would be okay with that? No. Okay. Uh, I thought it would just like it would be worse. Yeah, yeah, it would be worse. His no. second favorite Yeah, But writer. like, do I think that in like... This is my thoughts on the Lord of the Rings movies. I think they're excellent <laughs> movies. I think that they they are some of the best movies I've ever seen. And I think, I don't know, can I swear on this? I think that you might have to bleep me. I think they're absolute dog <laughs> compared to the book. Like Wow. I, it's just, it doesn't even compare. All right. Well, uh, where are we going next week, Scott? Real quick. Is Pedro Pascal supposed to be Maximus? I thought Maximus died. Uh, he did die and he is not supposed to be Maximus. Okay, so it's just like a follow-up after the events of? Paul Mescal plays Maximus's son. Lucius. So it's like the, the little later. boy. Got it. Yeah. All right. Uh, and Gracchus is still in it as a character. Interesting. Oh, God. Matt Lucas from the Great the, the worst host from the Great British Bake Off is in this? <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is. Yep. They, they have terrible hosts, mostly. <laughs> I think I don't like really any of them except for Noel, who is okay. Matt Lucas is the absolute worst. I like I like Matt. I, I, I love kinda, Noel. I kind of like I Matt like Lucas. Matt. I like Matt. Lucas. I've seen Matt Lucas in that episode of Community when the season where they yeah. were terrible, oh, and God, in yeah. the Great British Bake Off where he sucks. All right. Well, <laughs> where are we going next week, Scott? A, a beautiful mind came out to seventy four percent. Matt Lucas. Uh, once again, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a seventy four percent. So we came in right in line with Rotten Tomatoes. I'm to be giving it eight point two. Comes out to movie number eighty eight out of one forty six. And next week we pick up in the greatest saga of all time. Movie number seven, the thing we've all been waiting for. You seemed a little bit bored when you started saying the we've greatest saga of all, all time. We've been waiting for. We've been waiting for this movie. It's been such a buildup. Dude, I think this episode is just going to be effed up.